we're going to pick up right after everybody else leaves LaFaze. And you are inside with Morgana. Do you drink any of the wine or anything that she's put in front of you? Or No. She does not drink out of any containers in restaurants that are like glass or ceramic. Only like disposable ones. Morgana will ask, well, do you need anything before we go? Go go where? I thought we were just going to talk here. Oh, no. The fine folks who work for me will be going home soon, and I don't want to keep them here any longer than they have to. It's not exactly the kind of place for the conversations that we might have to have. Um, no, no, we... We shouldn't keep your employees here. Okay. Um, where, where are we, where are we going then? I have a car coming around and I have just now booked a room at a very nice spa, a little bit of relaxation. It'd be wonderful. But, oh, my car, my car is here out front. Should I, 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 don't, I mean, should I just take my car and, and follow you then? I, no, just, just leave it. It'll be fine here. Okay. Um, and did everybody, Everybody left. Is, there, is everybody okay? I didn't. I didn't hurt anybody. No, they're fine, right? Yeah. You did nothing wrong. Okay. Okay. All right. Mary Sue will stand up and make sure she has everything, and she'll push her chair back in and try to make it as nice and neat as possible before her disruption to everything. The bird will disappear. Poof. She will walk over towards the front door pause for a moment at the door saying goodnight or telling people to get back to work whatever she's doing. You will see a Mitsubishi night sky begin to pull up into the little valet parking area. She will open the door. Our ride is here. Marisu will be a bit agog at the fanciness of this car. This is probably well above what she, anything she's experienced and she will um. The windows will be all tinted out. The back door will open automatically as you approach. Morgana will motion for you to get inside. And then she will get inside after you, which is nice leather. There's a little wine bottle, all of the little accoutrement around it. It's beautiful and wonderful. And Trid screen? Yeah, there's a little trid screen that is on the privacy screen that is currently rolled up. Mm-hmm. Underneath of that, in the middle of the two seats there, there is a little drone bartender. She will settle in, and the vehicle will begin driving. We just have one stop to make before we arrive. If you want to lay down and relax, take a deep breath so I can get you coffee, drink. Parents will clear your throat. <clears throat> no, no, I, I, I'm fine. I'll, I'll just sit here. And she's sitting very tight and clenched, hands on her lap, looking down. She's just trying to maintain control. You guys will drive for 10 minutes or so, and then the car will pull over. You'll sit for a minute. Morgana will look to the door and then you will hear a light knock on the window. The window will come down and there will be a person there dressed in dark clothes who has a small package in his hands. He will reach in and put that down on the seat next to her. She will say, thank you very much. Her glance will dart up, look and see a figure, but she will quickly look back down, feeling that it's rude and intrusive to look at somebody else's business right now. You will see the figure give a bow, and then it'll beat feet out of there. Not run, but, you know, walk away. Window will come up, and she will continue to drive off. You'll feel yourselves get onto a highway, accelerate, 
you'll see other headlights through the tinting and she'll just be kind of sitting there not staring at you but glancing every once in a while Mary Sue is lost in thought she's just looking down at her hands she's very quiet rigid not really even aware of what's going on at this point you'll feel the car come off of the highway drive for several more minutes the time really kind of starts to just kind of fade away from you for a little bit eventually it will come to a stop and pull up under a well-lit overhang similar to many places where you drop off at hotels and pick up mm-hmm. morgana will look to you we've arrived that'll actually startle mary sue she'll kind of look up Where where are we now? On the side of the building, you will see the name The Pampered Touch Couples Spa. Okay. The doors will open again as they did previously. Morgana will pick up her little package, put her little clutch on top of it, and gently walk out and wait for you to join her. Mary Sue will climb out. Tentatively, very slowly, just kind of taking it in. I think she doesn't trust herself. She's still not sure what's going to happen. Morgana will give you a big beaming smile when you come out. We're here. Come. I've already booked us a suite. A little confusion and a little wariness, but Mary Sue will follow. You guys will walk through the big whooshing doors. There's nobody here working the desk early at night. Whether or not this is usual or Morgana's doing, you don't know. There's a little AR person there to greet you to check in. Morgana ignores the agent program, and you guys just walk off down one of the hallways, take an elevator for a little bit, and then and then come off on a floor where there is only two doors to rooms. She'll walk you down towards one of them. It'll open automatically, and she will motion for you to step inside. Mary Sue will step inside and see what awaits her. Inside is a very classy hotel suite. Large, high ceilings. In one corner, you're going to see it goes off into a bathroom, which is probably close to the size of your apartment. The other leads off to a bedroom that's very large bed. Like This is like a troll California king. Ah, okay. It's huge. Couch, love seat, little reading areas. She'll put down the box and she'll put down her little clutch on it. We are safe here. We are alone and we have the next three days with which to relax. Three days? Three... I... I don't... should kind of look around at the suite and realize, I think at this point, fancy suite, bedroom, hotel, Morgana. And she'll kind of look at her like, you're not... I'm not... We're not... We're not what? I, I don't... I don't know why you brought me to a hotel, but I'm not going to do... Relax. Anything... You're not going to enjoy the hot tub, the massage, well, uh, the mud baths. Oh, the mud baths! I'm, I'm not, I'm not into women. Who said that this had anything to do about sex? Well, I, I don't know. It's just I, I've not. And you brought me in. There's a suite, and I just didn't know what's. And I'm very confused right now, and a little vulnerable, and I just I don't know. I don't know what's 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 going on right now, and and she'll start to get visibly agitated. What's going on is a crash course in a new aspect of your life. For that, we need some privacy where we won't be bothered, and she'll motion around the room. 
We need a place that has a good amount of space. So motion towards the high ceilings. We need a place where you can relax. We need a place where the, your cares of the world and your stresses can fall away so that you can find your focus. Mary Sue will contemplate on that and she'll tentatively take a couple steps and then she'll walk over and take a seat on one of the couches. Now, if you like, the bathroom is through there. You can take a shower, have a minute. I will suggest that you put on one of the robes that are in there. You wouldn't want to close the rip in case things go scaly. Um, okay. She'll get up again and walk towards the bathroom, keep looking over her shoulder at Morgana, thinking about the words that were used. She's, she's getting upset again. But she will go and change, and she will grab the what I assume is a very plush and soft robe. Uh, the best. Oh. You will hear the sounds of the little brown box with twine snapping and opening as she gets some things out on the room while you're doing whatever it is you're doing. Taking her clothes off and putting a robe on, as she was told. I wasn't sure if this was like a (laughs) sit on the toilet and just cry your eyes out for 20 minutes thing. This will probably uh, look in the mirror and not even be able to recognize the person that she sees anymore. After a couple of minutes of self-reflection in the most literal sense, when you come out, Morgana is also wearing a robe. And she has taken what looks like little candles and some incense. She has placed them around the main living room. Just kind of, you know, lightly smiling to herself and nonchalantly moving around. When she walks out and sees this, she will walk over to take a seat, but instead of being on a couch, she's going to sit in a chair. And she'll sit there, her feet crossed at the ankles, pulling the the robe down to cover her knees, and and she'll, again, be very stiff, hands on, on lap, and kind of waiting, but you can see a little bit of impatience growing in her as she wants to get on with getting her answers. After you sit there for two or three minutes, Morgana will come around. Yes, I can see that you're curious. Well, you you said you would explain things. And I'm, you know, I came here and I, I've, I've done what you've asked. I'm, I'm here and I just I just want to know what happened. I just want to know how to how to make sure it never happens again. How do I make how do I make it go away? Assuming that you have your gun in your clothes over there, that's 15 ways to make it go away. But you don't. This is part of who you are. This is part of what you always were. I've I've not ever done that before. I haven't always I haven't always I haven't always been that. That's not ever happened before. So that this is new. You always had the potential. Like any other magical awakening, it can be brought on by extreme trauma, extreme stress. When she says stress, Mary Sue's eyes will get wide and look up at her, and then she'll quickly look down again and become very fidgety and, again, visibly agitated. Luckily, stress is usually the trigger only once when it first manifests as what is called a dracomorphosis. So yes, upon hearing Draco Momor, Mary Sue will look shocked. Still moving around the room doing stuff. You'll remember several years ago, there was a big to-do when Haley's Comet came by. Yeah. And all those sorts of people started changing into what are now called changelings. I've, I've read about that. 
while similar, is completely different. And there's no way to make it go away, is there? Not anymore. Unless I use the gun. And that is not what anybody wants. Might be what I want. I might deserve that punishment. I might deserve that end. (laughs) This is all my fault. No. No. I... I've done terrible things. This is... I I should just be... I should just be put down, too. Why? If you think that one singular terrible act is enough, then... Well... Look at all of your friends that should also be put down. Let's start with Scrapper. Can you imagine the things that he's done in his life? I know some of the things he's done in his life. Valentine showed me a video once, but but that was a long time ago, and Scrapper's changed. He's not like that anymore. Does not being like that anymore wipe out what has been done? Think about the corrupt knight-errant police commissioner. Imagine the things that have been done indirectly through him. Think of any number of corporate executives. You're not dumb, Mary Sue. You've been doing things for various criminal organizations and people for a few months now. Every word is a stab in her heart. And that's fine. (laughs) Because if it wasn't you, it would have been somebody else. Somebody else who wasn't as nice. At this point, she'll be coming around the room to stand next to you and put her arm on your shoulder in a comforting way. It would be somebody who wouldn't think poorly of themselves for all of the things that they have done. This is me, and, and I'm I'm being punished now. Being punished for everything I've done. <laughs> there is no punishment. Divine retribution for things that you've done. That was the case, we wouldn't be having this conversation. But I'm a monster now. She'll sigh. <sighs> Do you remember President Dunkelson? Mm-hmm. Was he a monster? That's different. He was a dragon. I'm I don't know, the way they looked at me, I'm I was I was just a, a horrifying monster to to all them. I, I thought they were my friends and they just looked at me in in fear and they they thought the absolute worst they thought the worst of me and it's different. You have no way of knowing what they thought of you. They were scared and surprised and didn't know what to do with the situation they found themselves in. But does it really surprise you, after all the time you've spent, that Boz would go for a gun? She didn't even point it at you. But I've seen Boz kill before. I think if she I think if she really thought I was a threat, she'd kill me without hesitation. She'll come around and stand in front of you, and a chair will start sliding across the floor and then she will lean back into it without looking. Adepts can be twitchy people. Their magic augments their abilities in different ways. In reflexive moments, they don't even notice. They just let the magic guide them. As her magic seems to influence her gunplay, it's only natural that it would push her towards a gun. Mary Sue is looking absolutely confused. She's like, Eps? Yes. There are many different classifications of magical and awakened people. I thought, like, I know Michael can do things mm-hmm. magical, but I I thought that was just the one. I didn't think Boz was, I didn't know Boz could do that too. 
there are different types of magic. One form of magic is very obvious and practical, like you might think from the Trids, and she will vanish. Effects like this, effects like the chair moving across the floor, and then she will reappear with a small ball of fire in her hand, manipulating elemental forces, things like that. She'll make a fist and crush out the fire. Some, like our good friend Boz, are more internal, more self-reliant. Okay. Some allow animals to transform into people. Some allow others to view the astral world. And some magic allows people to transform into dragons or dricks. At the very least, as this is a recent development, the full extent of your capabilities are mostly unknown. So how do I make sure that doesn't happen again? How do I how do I suppress that so it doesn't ever so I don't ever do that again? She'll recross her legs and lean to the side on the chair. You don't suppress it. You accept and you control it. You understand what it means. But wouldn't it be better if I just never did that again? Because then I would never have to worry about it. And then, because what if I can't control it? What if I hurt somebody? What if I hurt Boz or, or Michael or RC or, or Chuck? I mean, what if, what if I, I can't trust that, that I won't hurt them? So I should do it again. Have you ever hurt them before? Well, I have ruined Michael, RC, and Boz's lives. So, kind of? Yeah? I just don't want to physically hurt them, too. Have you really ruined their lives? I was the one that put the group together that we all lost the job, and, and Howard wouldn't tell me who hired him to make us lose our, our jobs. And, and I don't... He wouldn't talk to me, and, and then he just yelled at me, and, and he wouldn't tell me who ruined it so I could just find out who ruined everyone's life so maybe then I could I could say it wasn't me but he wouldn't tell me and now and now he's now he's apparently gone and they think I killed him and I didn't and she'll look at Morgana very pleading I didn't kill him I didn't do it I, I, I might be a monster but I didn't kill Howard you don't need to be a monster to kill people oh but I know that you didn't kill him. As for ruining your friends' lives, if memory serves, Michael was a slave. He was property to the corporation. Yes, but he was brought into the group to go do the the uh, repos the to repossess the the paracritter. He was brought into the group, which was a separate thing than. These shadow runners that ruined your lives? No, because the shadow runners. I don't. I don't know everything that happened. How it wouldn't tell me who hired, so I could find this all out. But all I know is, I put together a group, and Michael ended up on it, and Boz was on it, and Valerie was on it, and RC was on it, and and we we did this job, and then everything went sideways, and next thing I know. Michael's trapped in the in the building with the vampire. We we had to help him, and then uh, Valerie. Oh my God, Valerie ended up. Uh, this is all because I chose them. I could have chosen anybody, but I chose them, and because I did that, they're they're 
their lives are better. Michael is now free, and through his and my and your actions, he is reunited with his family who are no longer living in a containment zone in Chicago. His sister spends time working for me as part of an internship for a culinary arts degree. She's a very bright girl. That doesn't sound like ruined. He finally gets to use his talents for what he wants. Did Boz enjoy her job? Mary Sue will just slightly shake her head no. Do you think she enjoys being able to do the things that she wants to do, go where she wants to go, see her family, live the way she wants to live outside of that small little box that they had her in? Begrudgingly, she'll nod. And Richard, do you think his life is better? He seems pretty happy with that obnoxious fan. She'll lean in. It is a pretty ugly fan. And finally, Valerie. You'll be happy to know that she is all right. One would say adapting, even. Mary Sue looks shocked now, looking up at her. Like, you you know where Valerie is? I am keeping in touch very distantly. And she's okay? She's, is she happy? Is she... She is adjusting. It is amazing what being able to walk again will do for you. And not to mention the base level of powers and abilities that come with her condition. Did you know she will never die of old age? I didn't know that. She will never get sick again? Yes, but she has to... Do you think there are people in this world that the world would be better off without? She could just track them down, take a little bit of what she needs, and then let the justice system take care of the rest. In her own way, you could say that she is making the world a better place. Wonderful way of looking at the situation. But it's just not how I see the situation. Yes, to some degree, maybe they're better off, but... Had I not tampered with their lives, maybe they'd be in a different position. Oh, usually not. You have no way of knowing who Howard and his team would have chosen for patsies or manipulated into taking the fall for their job or even how important that truly was. So, I talked to Scrapper. He said you're our fixer? That would be the technical term, but I also prefer friend. And that, as our fixer, you can do things to to help us. As she begins making a drink. So you could find out who hired Howard and his team. It would be a little bit more difficult than finding a single runner. But you could answer the question of why, of just why. I could give you a guess right now if you want it. Because shortly after your incident... Evo went and brought lawsuits against Paradynamics, including a suit for wrongful imprisonment, death, other things of one of their executives. Through the process of these lawsuits, Evo acquired Paradynamics. If you look back some seven years ago, you will see that Evo previously tried to acquire Paradynamics, but Paradynamics would not sell out. So here we are a few years later, and Evo has what they wanted. Mary Sue's face, the corners of her mouth, start to turn up into a weird smile, and then she'll start laughing like, (laughs) just, (laughs) just all, it's just all business. It was just a power move to acquire a company. It was just business. Just tell me what I am, and tell me how to 
do what I need to do to deal with it. Well, what you are is a drake. So I'm kind of like a dragon. Drakes are loosely related to dragons. Some great dragons will create a drake. But it's a process that I don't know anything about. Sometimes people are born as drakes as part of ancient lineage, the right metagenes activating when stress and mana levels are high enough. Drakes can be very useful to great dragons and really any dragon. They keep them on very short leashes most times, but that depends upon which dragon you're talking about. So, Scrapper told me that you you work with Arubia? She'll visibly pause for a moment. The little bit of a smirk smile that she has, like that, that pleasant demeanor that she has had will will drop a little bit. Yes. But he said it was wrong to ever work for a dragon. She will roll her eyes, put down the drink that she made, and shift to the other side of the chair. Is it wrong to offer your services to someone who is willing to pay? I guess it depends what they want you to do for that pay. Is it wrong to forge alliances with powerful people? It depends what they use that power for. It's interesting that you say that, because you've done several things for different people without really asking what it is that they were going to do, because they were offering you the right amount for your services and forging alliances with powerful people. Did you ask what I was going to do with the things that you brought me from that auction? Because you were just going to sell them? You had clients that asked you to source things and you were just selling them business that's it and would it have mattered if I was a dragon I don't know I didn't think I'd ever meet a dragon I certainly never thought I'd be something like a dragon I'll have you know that for some of those items I did have people wanting to buy them so we've established that Selling your services for the right price and making powerful allies is okay and good and pretty common. Mary Sue will think on that a bit and she'll realize that she's done that. That's precisely what she did with the ancients. She wanted to have some kind of power base. She got in with them to make sure that she would be protected since she was newly on the streets. So this does make sense in her mind right now. And she'll not. It is an old street proverb that he clings to closely for outdated reasons and perhaps based upon not understanding and if not a little bit of hatred and, well, speciesism. People don't like dragons. If you remember your pre-awakening history, there will be people out there who thought that the world was flat until some ancient person sailed a boat around and any number of other things that make no sense. Something like not trusting a person because they happen to be a dragon? So, how do I use this then? She'll get a smile on her face. For that, we're going to need something else. She'll get up from her seat and go over to where her box was, put her clutch on the table, buy it, and then She will pull out a small little incense burner. She'll walk over and kind of beckon for you to stand up. 
now we're going to want to find a nice comfortable position because this is going to take a while. She'll see your hesitation and be like, that's why I got the one with the extra large bed. She'll take you into the bedroom, motion for you to lay down. This is a compound from Southeast Asia. It's normally kind of dangerous. We'll say. It's made from the pollen of the red orchid. And when we burn it, it will allow you to astrally project and leave your body. Wait, wait. Leave my body? What? Yeah. I don't... Wait. So, how come you know all about... The, I mean, why am I, I... I don't understand why I'm listening to you right now. Why do you know so much about this? What's... Leave my body? I don't... I don't... I know a great deal about the magical arts and the things around them. But like you said earlier, there's lots of different kinds of magic. Why do you know so much about this? Well, I did work with a dragon, honey. If I'm going to trust you to help me with this, I need to know you're the right person to do this. Why do you know so much about this? She'll come back with a... Who else do you have? You know, you ask me. Not even you ask me. But, you know, you want me to trust you. You expect me to trust you. But you won't. You won't give me a straight answer on this. Okay. All right. I mean, I'm still in for rolling. Yeah, we're in for rolling. So you're sitting on the bed. She will turn away from you, put the little incense burner on the table next to her. As you're guilt tripping her, a puff of feathers off on the other side of the room as the crow will appear. She will turn back to you and give you a little bit of a stern look as the incense begins to burn. She will turn back over to you, step up towards you in a confident manner, looking down at you. She will begin to untie her robe as the saying goes, as you start to feel the incense taking hold. She will start to grow taller. She will let the robe fall as large wings will begin to spread out of the back of it. It takes one to know one. Mary Sue is just shocked and like scooching across the bed now, just backing away. As you start to scooch across the bed, she's going to continue to finish her transformation. She's going to hands and knees kind of crawl across the bed towards you. (gasps) As you feel yourself start to slip. And as you fall backwards, you feel as though you are falling through the bed. Why? Because uh, you are now actually projecting. No! Okay. What does that look like? A lot of the world fades to gray. You're going to see, for a moment, nothing, because you're inside of the bed. A moment of panic will probably grip you as you then feel something solid grab your form and then pull you up through the bed and continue to pull you above the bed. She is just looking in shocked amazement and wonder at everything she is seeing. This is completely foreign to her. She's taking it all in. There's no words right now. You will see the drakey form of Morgana and she will point down towards the bed. It's not so much that you're hearing her voice, but you're just kind of feeling impressions from her. Mm -hmm. You will see on the bed, there is the unconscious form of her. You can see wings, and it's large. Mm -hmm. And then you'll see another colored form laying on the bed next to her. 
kind of a weird questioning look, but a feeling of a question trying to emanate that feeling of a question. Is that me? Without actually speaking it, but just kind of thinking it and feeling it as I look at that other form. Yes. And then looking down at the form I'm in now, Astrally, what does that look like? You are in your dragon form. And what does that look like? Claws, obviously, because I remember those. You will have a little bit of a snout. Your eyebrows will come off into those classic eastern dragon whiskers. Your neck is a bunch longer. Your torso looks stretched. You have a tail. Morgana also has a tail. Mm-hmm. You do not have wings. You will also notice that your legs bend the opposite direction. So I think Mary Sue is just kind of looking at this form and just trying to work it and control it. More than looking at anything else, I think it's now this realization that this is her. And so she's moving things, trying things out, testing them. How does this work? How does this move? If you gaze over to the form of Morgana, you will feel a contentment or a a pride towards you. Mm-hmm. She will then give you the impression of follow. Mary Sue will follow. And she kind of stops looking at herself and then re- realizes, oh yeah, there's another one. She'll follow. And you will begin to follow her just kind of floating through the astral space for a time that you can't really place because time here is weird. She will bring you somewhere. There's somewhere. Where is somewhere? And somewhere (gasps) would be a long hallway. And for a time, it seems rough-hewn at first, maybe stone, that uh, moist, cool air. But as you continue down, it starts to become more and more refined. Stone gives way to brick, gives way to drywall. And at the very end is a set of double doors. They look almost plastic. Very fine. Something that you'd normally see in a corporate area. And as Morgana pushes open those doors and guides you through, you will find yourself on a soundstage. There are signs in AR noting that this is a live broadcast. There's uh, chairs and benches for an audience that doesn't seem to be there. And on the dais are two chairs that look very comfortable, perhaps even a couch. And instead of an announcer sitting behind a desk that you would see at a late show, you see a draconic figure, huge, blue, scaled, looking down at the both of you. And in the background, upon that backdrop, reads Worm Talk. And as you stand there... The figure, in a deep voice that almost reverberates in your very soul, says, Welcome to our honored guests here with us today. Please, take a seat and tell us about yourselves. Morgana will take a step back in her feathered drake form and wait for you to do what you want. And Bersu's just going to look at her and and look at... and give that impression of, like, I... Where are we? I I don't know what we're... I don't know what this is. We are where we need to be. What am I supposed to do? Take a seat, of course. And Mary Sue will sit down. If a dragon could look pleased, this one would. 
And as Mary Sue sits down, the draconic figure will look out towards an audience that doesn't exist, and the AR screen will flash, recording in progress. Welcome to Worm Talk, the show where Uncle on the Dragon asks listeners and guests about themselves and the world around them. I, of course, am your host. And with us today are two very special guests. One very special in particular. And the dragon, Dunkelzon, obviously, will then turn his large azure eyes to Mary Sue and say, Who are you? Mary Sue is just wide-eyed and mouth agape. I'm, I'm Mary Sue. Are you? He responds. She'll nod her head. Yes, and I'm Mary Sue. Well, Mary Sue, it is a pleasure to meet you. If you could almost taste the color yellow, it would be radiating off of this dragon right now. Even so, his blue scales seem to have a golden hue to them. And again, there's that sense of if a dragon could provide a drek-eating grin, that is what he'd be giving to you right now. So as you tell him, I'm Mary Sue, and he nods. Johnson, uh, go ahead and run the tape. And instead of seeing a screen come down or anything, the scene changes. Uncle Zahn disappears, the couch disappears, although you're still sitting. And you see in a sepia tone, perhaps, maybe just a monochrome, an image of yourself. Very odd. You're meeting with a particular corporate employee, and you have a stack of dossiers. The room itself looks like it may be paradynamics. You aren't sure. But as you watch, you can almost hear your own voice in a tinny, almost pre-recorded manner. Say, I've chosen the ones I think will be perfect for this job. And you hear that voice again. Are you? I'm the one that ruined their lives. Are you? I chose them all, and I've ruined them. And this is what you truly feel. So nod her head. Yes. Look, you have it right there. You can see it. You can see I was the one that did it. Can I? Johnson. And the scene changes again. And once more, it is a scene of monochrome. It almost seems like the distant past of pre-recording. And in this scene, you see yourself, Mary Sue. And you see Boz there. And you see yourself in a hallway. Again, it looks like paradynamics, but this looks further in the future. And there is a young man there, human. He looks to be a security officer. He is lying on the ground. And Mary Sue has a pistol in her hand. And again you hear the voice. Who are you? 
do that because Boz didn't do what she was supposed to do. But apparently, I am just a terrible person. A terrible person? Yes. Who else would just shoot some poor innocent person right in the back? He was just doing his job. I see. Johnson tape. And I'm certain that you expect it by now, but the scene changes once more. And it is the scene of a bar. It looks seedy, smoky. It looks dirty. The air looks cold. The atmosphere looks unfriendly. There are a lot of elves in this bar. So many. And there is Mary Sue once more, meeting with a somewhat familiar-looking elf. And it seems to be a situation where she is very agitated. He is very agitated. And then she begins to storm out. And again, the voice asks, Who are you? I don't know anymore. You don't? Shake her head. I don't. Lost. And so here you are, upon the threshold. That was you. In the first scene, was it not? Not in her head. And in the second? Not in her head. And this one as well? Not in her head. You are all of these feelings, experiences, and yet you are lost. Without bidding, the scene changes once more. It's a terrible scene. It is one of a basement... It's cold, concrete. No, no, no. I don't, I don't want to see this scene. No, no. Can hear moisture dripping from the ceiling. And there is Mary Sue on the ground, beginning to change. Skin is replaced by scales, fingernails by claws, a cry replaced with a roar. And the scene freezes. Who are you? Just stare at the the scene. Just, I'm just a monster. <laughs> there are no monsters in this world. Only sentience and non-sentience. The awakened and the asleep. This was the scene of your awakening. It is you, as much as the other scenes were you. The basement scene wipes away, perhaps in a relief, but it is replaced with a junkyard and a barbecue pit and friends eating and drinking and having a good time. One of the few times in the recent past that Mary Sue has smiled, and the scene freezes upon that moment. The voice comes again. This is you. As much as the others are you. This is your face. But your face changes with every moment, with every decision. What is... A face. It is but a mask that hides the true self. 
and Mary Sue will feel the texture of perhaps a small claw, blunt, a talon perhaps, against her cheek. It is cool, it is firm, and it presses in ever so slightly, but it does not hurt. A wise sleeper once said, Give one a mask, and they will show you their true face. The talon pushes in further, but still it doesn't hurt. You can feel your skin molding, your bones reforming. It does not feel painful, only natural. Your face is your mask, and your true self. You can feel the talon poking against your chest. Lies here, where it always has been. Now, who are you? Thoughtful and confused, and she'll just marry Sue. In front of you, a shimmering mirror appears. It is perfect in its reflection as it shows you. Or is it? The face that gazes upon you as you look into it is not your own. It's not familiar. The cheekbones are different. The chin is more squared where it once was angular. Your ears are rounded. And as you look, your features return to what you remember. The typical Mary Sue. But as you continue to look, they shift again. They start to become elongated almost reptilian. The eyes change until you can look upon yourself and see the form of the drake that lies within. Just Mary Sue. So it is. But just a metahuman. You are not. You stand upon the threshold, and here I dwell upon it. Ask. Confused. Ask. I, I, I don't... What do you want me to... What do you want me to ask? I, I don't know. Hmm. You have but recently realized that you have woken. The presence turns and looks upon Morgana. You are known to us. You have brought her here... For her first taste of the truth behind the veil. This is so? It is true that I have brought her here. Because that is what she has needed. So it is. And what price do you ask of this? I have asked no price for this. You have not. And yet... The ways of mortals are capricious. One action begets another. Maybe not at this moment, but in the future, there will come a time in which you both will find your face further intertwined than they are. The presence turns back to Mary Sue. You stand upon the threshold of the material plane and the astral. I'm the dweller that waits to look upon everyone 
who wishes to gaze upon it, to seek the knowledge that lies beyond. It is my hoard, and I am the worm that guards it. Do you wish knowledge? Marisu will look from this figure to Morgana and back again. Yes. Yes, I, 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 I want to know more. What knowledge do you offer to throw upon the hoard in order to grasp the bottles as you desire? She'll look confused and look at Morgana and back again. I, I don't think I have anything to offer. The presence draws close. I can taste your grief, your loathing, your fear. I would take these for myself, so you may look upon the astral plane with admiration and with joy, only by sacrificing those emotions which hold you back, perhaps. They restrain you. They are what keep you from realizing your true potential. Give me your sadness, and I will show you truth. She stares at the figure for a while, and eventually she'll she'll nod her head. Yes. Take that from me. It is done. The figure will reach forward once more with a giant talon, rests upon Mary's shoe's shoulder, and there is a aura that is a deep purple, almost melancholy, and it flows from form to form until that golden aura and that satisfied smile fade under the deepening purple of those blue scales. You wish to know what What you are. Yes. You are Mary Sue Furaku. That is the name that was given to you by those which still sleep. Within you are of a species that has existed upon this world longer than written history. You have slept because you were not yet needed. And now the time draws nigh that this, your awakening, will be necessary. And so it has passed. Again, she's she's just confused, looking like I don't I don't under I don't understand I don't understand what what that all means. I'm just trying to figure out how to control it so I don't let it happen again. But why would you do this? It is as natural a part of you as your own feet, but. If you wish to mask what you truly are, then you need but ask the dweller on the threshold, 
and it will be taught to you. She's going to look to Morgana in a question of, like, would that be okay? So Morgana will, will see your distress, and then you will see her draconic form change and return to its normal, what you are familiar with, shape. And then it'll smile at you. Mary Sue's going to take that as the go-ahead, and, and she'll look to the, the figure, and, and she'll nod, yes, I, I, I want to know how to how to do that, and she'll stick out what I assume is a claw and point at Morgana. The combat is sealed. And the figure will curl itself about the mirror, blocking out all other light, all other scenery. It is simply you, the dweller, and Morgana at the mirror. You can feel the breath from the nostrils as it blows against you. Step to the mirror. Mary will step to the mirror. And while your form may be draconic, in the mirror, you can see yourself in elven form as plain as day. Raise your right arm. And she'll raise it, looking in the mirror, looking back at what she actually sees, and then back at the mirror. And as you raise that right limb, you see the figure do the same at the same time as if it is indeed a true reflection touch the surface her arm out and tap a claw a surface of the mirror and as you do so the silver begins to ripple as if it was water and it begins to flow along your talon cool almost familiar and it travels up your arm and across your body, and it feels, for a moment, almost constricting, as if you cannot breathe. And then you truly cannot, as that quicksilver reaches your mouth and your nostrils, and it feels like it is blocking it. And the last thing you see is the quicksilver covering your eyes. And the last thing you hear is that same presence. When the time comes, you will know how to reveal yourself and to hide yourself as necessary. You will wake up some hours, some time, some day later. You will be laying on this very comfortable bed in your robe, There'll be a fog that is kind of fading. Not quite like a hangover or the day after a party or something along those lines. You will see Morgana's bird in the room, and you will hear the sound of the tritio outside. What do you do? Uh, I still have the robe on, I assume. Yep. Um, probably slide out of the bed, adjust the robe, and um, go out to the front room where I hear the noise. Out here in the living room, you will see that it is news program that is on. On the couch, with her feet up, you will see Morgana in her robe. One hand holding a Bloody Mary, presumably, looks like tomato juice, celery stalk sticking out of it. She has her head laid back on the back of the couch. 
with a mud mask on and little cucumber slices and her hair up in a towel. Mm-hmm. And she's just there. Is there a mirror? I'm sure there's a mirror. Oh, for sure. Maybe she's going to walk over and, and look in the mirror and make see what she looks like now. So, as Mary Sue approaches the mirror, what she sees is odd. For a moment, she almost looks like Boz. The skin is slightly green, the face is blockier, the features more square, the ears are at least the right shape. Those eyes are still definitely Mary Sue's. She'll stare at that and kind of lean into that mirror, looking at it, and realize that she looks like Boz and what Boz looks like to her. And then I guess a natural reaction would be like, you know, what are the others going to think when they see that Mary Sue looks like Boz now? So she'll start thinking about each of them in turn. Could you roll me five dice? So who were you thinking of? After Boz, I think it would be Mike, and then it would be Arcee. Then it would be Chuck. So as you think of Mike, you'll see your face start to shift and tweak. And it, it doesn't look good. Not in like a melting off kind of way, but in a not at all like what Michael looks like kind of way. You have the skin tone. You have the little scratch over his one eye that he has now. Mm-hmm. And your hair kind of changes a little bit. But that's that's as close as you get. Okay. That's unsettling. And she probably would think that R.C. would definitely make fun of her for looking like this. this bad. And when you think of R.C., if you want to go ahead and roll five dice again, you'll watch as your face begins to shift and twist and take on the complexion of our sea. There'll be a little bit of like five o'clock shadow going on much closer than what your previous, whatever it is you're doing was. And she'll look back over her shoulder at Morgana. Who will raise up her Bloody Mary without looking. And then look back in the mirror. Think about Morgana. Give it a roll. Perhaps because it is so much closer to where you started. Your face will start to twist and turn, and you're going to end up looking like Morgana was your mother. But there is a lot of Mary Sue in it, and there is some of her in it, as if there was a family resemblance. And I don't know why, but Mary Sue's going to look at this and smile and actually start to feel happy. thank you guys for listening you are the reason that we continue to to do this 
come by, check us out on Patreon. We have a couple of different goals on there, all of which is oriented towards growing the show and doing more things in that vein. You know, we want to get bigger and better and all of that happy stuff. I want to give back to the cast for helping out and sitting down to play this game. The Patreon link is going to be in the description. And uh, tell your friends. You know, that's the easiest way to to help us out without really doing anything super in-depth. You know, spread the word. And, you know, as much as I hate to drone on about it, there's those things about five-star iTunes reviews. So, but it is now time for the legal stuff. The music you heard was composed by and copyrighted by Michael Vadamikis and for use with the Without a Net podcast. The Tops Company Inc. has sole ownership of the names, logos, artwork, marks, photograph sounds, audio, video, and or any other proprietary material used in connection with the game Shadowrun. The Tops Company Inc. has granted permission to the Without a Net podcast to use such names, logos, artwork, marks, and or other proprietary materials for promotional and informational purposes on its website, but does not endorse and is not affiliated with the Without a Net podcast in any official capacity whatsoever. Music and sound effects are provided by Sirenscape, and I don't think I need to add anything else, so...